Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Monday, June 4th. I'm your host, Lisa Saunders, coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, as I will be doing every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This broadcast is being sponsored by Wise Men of the New Millennium, Making It Happen. I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. I had a fantastical time with uh, family in the ATL. It's always, always, always good to, to be around family, just to eat, drink, and be merry, and that's what we did. We ate, and we ate, and we ate some more. There's nothing like Southern hospitality. So I just want to thank my family in Atlanta for hosting us. It was absolutely fabulous. We have another special show for you this evening. And I am pleased to once again have co-hosting with me Ms. Teresa Hamilton, CEO and founder of Making It Happen Incorporated. We will be taking calls later on in the show. So if you would like to call in with questions, and we sure hope that you do, um, and participate in the conversation, that number is 347-237-4518. That's 347 347- Two three seven four five one eight. I will also try to take your questions. I've opened up the chat screen, so for those of you who are tuning in via your computer, feel free to send us uh, any questions or comments or responses that you have, and we will do our best to fit it into the program. I also have another special treat for everyone. We have another gifted poet, uh, Mr. John Chadwick, who will be calling in all the way from Venice, California, to join us this evening. And he will be sharing one of his poems with us later on in the program, and that is such a special treat. He's a very, very gifted and talented poet. So we we will be looking forward to hearing from him later on. I'm also interested in talking with new and seasoned authors who have written motivational books and would like to promote their book on my program. I have sponsor rates of uh, sponsor rates available to send to you if you're looking for more sales. This is an excellent vehicle to make that happen. Um, I can't stress enough how my sales have increased 
since I've started this program, as well as our websites have been doing so wonderfully well. And I want to thank, once again, thank you all, those of you who have purchased my books and visited our website. Um, anyone who has a business that would like to promote their business or they have something special, an event that's coming up, we also have sponsor rates available for you too. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about Internet radio. Uh, we reach a very broad audience not just locally but internationally. And we have, Teresa will tell you, we have been contacted by people from different parts of the country who have listened in, and we are establishing wonderful new relationships. So uh, thank you um, for just listening in and contacting us, actually, and let us, letting us know what you think about the show. You can also send me a message through this site if you have tuned in via your computer. Or you can send a message through my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. Don't forget the 101. Or you can leave a message via my website at yourdestinyawaits.net. This evening's program, we will be talking about Will the Real You Please Stand Up? Our True Self, the I Am. I am happy once again to have co-hosting with me Ms. Teresa Hamilton of MIH Incorporated. I believe that tonight's conversation is going to be very empowering and inspiring. So I extended the time again just so that we could really have enough time to get it all in um, and we could just get deep into the topic of will the real you please stand up. So... Let's get started and make the most out of the time we have together. How are you this evening, Teresa? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking, Lisa. I'm just happy to be on your show and happy to hear that you're doing so well. It's been just awesome to listen uh, to the shows. Like I myself, when I read, listen to a lot of them, have gained so much helpful knowledge and tidbits. Well, and you know what, I have to uh, thank you as well because you have been a big part of this in helping to um, discuss some of the things that we have been discovering in our own journey. Um, so I really appreciate you as well. Last week we talked about the renewing of your mind and how to consciously be aware of what we are thinking and the choices we make. I had some really good uh, responses from that program, and I can't thank you all uh, again, for tuning in and reaching out. But before we get started into tonight's topic, Teresa, tell us a little bit about the Wise Men of the New Millennium, how it originated, and the upcoming gathering. Uh, yes, we are planning to have on June 9th at 730 uh, a group of African-American males, actually, to get together for the very first time to to just discuss anything that pertains to their issues or concerns. And unfortunately, African-American men um, really don't have their own kind of domain or, uh, or agenda that we see, at least not in our current media. And so we wanted to help um, just create an infrastructure to allow them to deal with a lot of issues themselves and not as we defined in either um, you know, uh, uh, white men, white women, or even black females. We want mm -hmm. them to define themselves for themselves. And so mm -hmm. that's the nature of this group. It comes under the auspices of 
uh, nonprofit organization that my mother started in 19, I think it was 1998 or so, and the group is called uh, uh, Life-Giving Words. And the purpose mm-hmm. of the group is just to teach not only biblical principles, but just wise principles that you can use in your life to live by. And so what we wanted to do as a part of this group is to create a branch uh, just for African-American men, and this will be the first such branch um, that we'll have to date. And we will be meeting at the YMCA, and if you want more details, it's in Ellicott City, uh, right off of St. John's Lane, but that's where our first meeting will take place, and it's 730 uh, till about 9, 9 p.m., so please come out, all the men out there, and join us. There won't be any women. And if you like any sports, particularly basketball, um, we may be able to engage you guys in a, in, a, in a game of basketball as well. Okay, that's great. And when is that again? It is June 9th at 7.30 uh, p.m. So that's this Saturday. Yeah, And exactly. it's going to be at the Y. Now, those of you that are on Facebook and have a Facebook account, um, you can actually go on to our page. We have a page up, why, the Wise uh, Men of the New Millennium Making It Happen um, on Facebook, and then all of the pertinent information is on that page. I also, as, real quick, um, just came to me. I want to take this real brief second to offer our condolences to one of our um members of MIH, his father passed away today, uh, Mr. Leroy McKenzie, and his dad passed. So we want to just offer our deepest condolences to him and to his family um, during this time and to let him know that we are praying for him and the family. So, okay, so let's get started on our topic for this evening, Miss Teresa Hamilton. Um, I want to go through some of the material in your book. Eight Steps to a Fulfilling Life, because it has some specific information that speaks to our subject matter today. And for our listening audience, if you haven't read this book yet, you really need to. It will help you to move forward in your journey with more comfort and ease. But just like I said last week, just like anything else, you have to apply what you are reading. It's one thing to read it, but then it's another thing to apply what you're reading. So as I stated earlier, one of the reasons we go through our journey being unfulfilled is because we don't understand who we really are and whose we are. We constantly allow outside sources into our realm which distract us and divert our attention from moving forward, and it oftentimes steals our peace. So notice I said the word allow. We forget that we have the power to choose what we are allowing into our world. No one can do anything to you unless you allow them to. Maybe some people don't know that they have the power to choose. And, you know, sometimes it makes me wonder if that's the case because they seem to be choosing to stay in the same situation knowing it's not good for them. And we oftentimes put on one face for the world and wear a whole other face when we're alone. Do you really, really, really know who you are? Do you understand your true self? Teresa, what do you think is the driving force behind some of the things that we are choosing? Well, I think, um, and like I said, I always like to use my own experience as an example, is that, 
after we, I'd say we grow up, and grow up to me means like after we get out of high school, you have learned a lot from your parents. Uh, They've given you uh, direction as well as teachers. And for those of us who are very, very lucky, we have role models and mentors in our lives. And so we hear their echoes constantly of what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go. So we're just kind of driven by the words of others. And so I think Mm -hmm. after you pretty much graduate high school, you start to come into your own. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned in my book is that we tend to start moving, unfortunately, with a herd mentality because no one has ever kind of stopped this and said, okay, now that you've graduated college, the first thing they ask you is, what do you, mm. what, what do you want to do? But mm-hmm. like you said, we never really get to who we are or even what we desire to do. It's just mm-hmm. kind of forced upon us that, you know, you're going to go to school for some of us, and, and my parents were, uh, re- they reinforced me, you know, they wanted me to attend college. So you're going to go to college and you're going to do this. But the key is, is to take a second and stop and really think about what it is that who you are and what your desires are. But we never do that. And we go mm-hmm. from high school to college to a job that we get because somebody said they're hiring to mm-hmm. having a family, uh, having kids, and going into retirement and then facing near death before we start to look back and realize that, gee, something was wrong with the life I led. (laughs) Mm, You know, so mm -hmm. much of putting on roles, and we tend to act within the roles that have been created for us, father, mother, sister, brother, rather than really taking the time away on our own to discover, gee, who am I and what am I to become? Exactly, exactly. That's a very good point. Um, So really it stems from basically, again, I always go back to childhood, you know, and I tell people that they need to go back to to the childhood where they were free, you know, their minds weren't cluttered with a whole lot of other stuff and junk. And, yeah. and, you know, they, they trusted. You know, my late pastor, Dr. Marvis P. May, he, he would always make a statement about, you know, when you're young, you know, the, the trust that we're supposed to have in the great, you know, the, the, in God and the, the, the maker of the, the world and the universe is the same trust that we have when we're kids. You know, when you walk into, when you're a child and you walk into a room and you just flip that light switch, well, you don't, you know, you're not thinking if the gas, if, if the electric bill was paid that week or the light. You just know that when you flip that switch, that light is going to come on. And that's yeah. the same kind of trust that we uh, are supposed to have in everything in our lives. Um, we weren't taught that. We were just taught, like you said, you know, you, you go to school, you graduate, yeah. you go to college, you graduate. You get a job, and you go to that job, and you work that job nine to five. Now you're dealing with all these thousands and thousands of personalities, different personalities, and these are the personalities that you've dealt with probably in school, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're, in, you know, you're you're a semi adult. You're out in the world. You've got to make a way for yourself. And when when is the time? When do we take the time to nurture our inner being in in all of that? Where so you're you're going from one thing to this thing to the next thing and you're always constantly moving. When right. do you take time? When are we taught from in our youth to take the time to nurture and to learn 
who we truly are so that when you do get out in the world, you do have a better sense of who yes. you are and where you're going. Yes, and I think that the educational system, um, as much as it, it is to us, and of course there could be a lot of improvements, but to me one area that is sorely missing is in the area of purpose. It's just mm. like we just go about our lives and we rarely, if ever, truly figure out what it is that we want to do, what we mm-hmm. want to become, you know, based on our uh, socialization process and values and all that. We just never get our hands around it. It's it's always outside of ourselves and never really looking inward. Um, exactly. And typically, to be honest with you, Lisa, even for me who has spent a number of years uh, studying motivation from an academic perspective, we really don't look at what is driving us generally until we meet with a crisis, a crisis of, and for me it was, I was, like I said, I had a very um, a great academic career. I worked at the University of Maryland College Park for 10 years, and then I was working at a corporate uh, group, Arbitron Radio Ratings, for years. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I realized, gee, I'm not really happy here. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm, I was in middle mm-hmm. management. I was making terrific money, um, money that, you know, at my age, I, I, you know, it was just unheard of, but yet I didn't feel fulfilled. I wasn't happy. I was constantly, not that I didn't enjoy the academic work. It was just everything around it, and I had to really start to look at myself through this crisis uh, circumstances where I wasn't really feeling 100% happy that, gee, maybe there is something else that I should be doing. And mm-hmm. so I think all of us go through life feeling this yearning to do mm-hmm. something different, to be something different, and we can either recognize it recognize it, and deal with it or we can ignore it. And in my case, it was so overwhelming for me because, like I said, when you go through these crises, you realize, gee, and I spent another 30 years in a corporation like this, is this really what mm-hmm. I wanted to do? Want to mm-hmm. do? Is this really? Mm-hmm. Does this job represent some facet of where I want to go, the direction I want to go in? And mm-hmm. it was through that whole unfolding that I finally discovered for me, and it's not always for other people because other people are very good in the corporate setting, but for me mm-hmm. personally, it wasn't working out, and I had to really start to uncover and do some real soul searching. And I remember that during this time, I had a thing with God, for those of you who are religious, where I would write down on a piece of paper at the beginning of every year all of the goals that I had for myself. And I would Mm -hmm. stick them in my Bible every year. And toward the end of the year, of the ten things that I would write, I'd say 80% of them were answered favorably. Well, Mm -hmm. this particular year, I said to God, you know, I've, You've been very gracious to me. I've gotten most of more than what any one person could ever hope to in terms of career and just an overall lifestyle. But this particular time I said, what I'd like you to do, God, is you show me where I need to change or what it is that you want me to do differently. And it was actually during this time that I went through life, and I can honestly tell you, Lisa, it was the absolute worst year of my life. Mm, Everything mm. that could go wrong went wrong. Mm-hmm. From really feeling like I couldn't deal with my job anymore to downsizing my lifestyle, you know, making decisions and moving to downsize my lifestyle. To the people that are around you, you start to realize they really aren't helping you 
get to where you need to go or really aren't just nice to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Like that. And it was just, but in that I learned really that's when my true stuff self started to develop because I started to see things about myself that the fake self, as I would call it, mm-hmm. would would probably not want to take notice of. But I mm-hmm. started to see that there were two sides to me. There mm-hmm. was this nice, wonderful, sweet, darling side that everyone liked. And then there was this one who was very manipulative, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to always win and get their way at all costs, mm-hmm. um, that when it came to love, I was willing to get it, but it was going to have to be my terms, my way. Mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to make compromises. And so that whole ugly person side was there as well. And it mm-hmm. was during this one year that it was it was as if I looked at myself and didn't even recognize myself if I were honest with I was like, Wow, I don't didn't know I was like this. You know. Right. And so it wasn't until I went through this entire process where it where I had to melt, as I said, the the fake self with the real self. That those mm-hmm. two people had to mesh in some kind of way because right. I had recognized for the first time that there were two of us living in one body. But right, when we're right. living, we realize, we think that there's only this one self, and that's that self, fake self that you put mm-hmm. forth to others. But it's not the real you. Yeah, yeah perpetrating. It's not the yeah. real you. And mm-hmm. I think that when we go around with what I call these two faces, that's mm-hmm. when, and I talk a little bit about this in my book, when we start to really get anxious and have all this anxiety because really we're not recon- we're not reconciled within. There's just a lot right. of chatter, as I call it, and so right. that chatter keeps getting louder and louder and louder. But we until we're able to truly look at ourselves, because it's whatever we need, and we know this from most of the motivational books we read. Whatever it is that we need is not outside; it's within. And it wasn't That's until right. I started reading and praying and reading some more, all types of books, uh, mm-hmm. that I was able then to really deal with that true self and come out of it. Right, right. Now, now all that you said, now just imagine, and then I want all my, you know, everybody's listening in, you know, those of you who have, to, who have tuned in, just imagine, if you will, all of that you said right there, imagine if we are taught about our true selves from day, you know, from day one. And when I say day one, you know, when when children are able to, you know, comprehend um, yes and yeah. no, and you know, we're we're teaching them, we're teaching them a lot of things, but we're not really teaching them the spiritual side of themselves. Yeah. All we know and all we are ever taught is about the the flesh side, the physical side. You know what I mean? So right. there, there wasn't a lot of teaching going on about, and then, you know, because I know back in the day, and I'm not even going to say how far back in the day, but just trust and believe, it's, it's, it's way back there, but we would hear our parents or people around us say stuff like, oh, if I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. well, why can't they know it then? Mm-hmm. You know, why mm-hmm. can't we start teaching the youth what we are now being awakened to so that yeah. they don't have to wait till they get in in their thirties and forties and fifties and blah 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 on and on and on, because yeah. you know what I find is that a lot of people that I've been you know uh, 
running into or hearing their stories and so on and so forth. You know, we've got a lot of people out here that are really hurting, yeah. you know, and they're in their mid-40s and, and 50s. And, you know, it is like, wow, you would think when you're – my daughter, my daughter's 21 years mm-hmm. old, and we talk mm-hmm. all the time, and she's like, well, Mom, you know, this sounds like high school stuff. You know, I'm in mm-hmm. college, and I don't even go mm-hmm. through this. And you, you mean to tell me that when I get to be that age, there's people out there that are still going through – yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it it takes a while. It takes, and it's an everyday learning process. It just doesn't. Once you come to a realization that there has to be a change within, yeah, it's yeah. still you're ever evolving. You're never ever at a point where That's you right. can say, "Oh, I'm done. I've, right. I've conquered that." And it actually, I always think um, yourself plays a trick on you because as soon as you say that, something comes up, and you're like, "Gosh, I thought I got over that." And so right. that just lets us know that we're ever in a state of learning, which is why we, Lisa, and I know we emphasize so often to our readers, please read. I mean, yeah. we, you should, to me, be reading three to five books a week, easy, yeah. and on all, all types of subjects, just to expand and to grow into, yeah. you know, into all that you were destined to be. But it is through, and once something deposits in your spirit, there, like I said, for me, it was the Deepak Chopra book that really helped me to mm-hmm. deal with myself. And then that led me to write my own book, which, again, the focus is on you living a successful life. How do you do that? You do mm-hmm. that, in my opinion, by first really kind of having that self-talk with, you know, knowing, trying to get to, wait a minute, what is it that I really want to do? What mm-hmm. would really make me happy? And I find that people that are constantly looking outside of themselves for the answers are the most unhappy people you'd ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. They're looking for this uh, guy or this marriage to make them happy. They're looking for this child to do the right thing, and that will make them happy. They're looking for this financial state, and mm-hmm. then if they have this financial state, they think they'll be happy. Mm-hmm. But that's not where mm-hmm. where true peace lies. True right. peace lies in knowing your purpose, and then there once you know your purpose, there are certain aspects of your life that you have to put in play. And then once mm-hmm. you put those things in play, then you arrive at peace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, peace is simply living out your purpose and learning how to know and do what God has destined for you to do. And once you're right. truly walking in that, that's when you when you don't feel as anxious, where you don't have to reconcile the two personalities that you have any longer because you're mm-hmm. clear about the direction you're going into, going right. to, and it just helps you overall immensely. And you know, going back to that two, the two, the two person, the two personalities. Remember back in the day, we would call two, you would call somebody two faced. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you're two faced. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just kind of, you know, brought yeah. that back to yeah. mind. But you yeah. know, it's so true because the the two. Uh, different people that you're talking about that's in one body is so true. And those of you mm-hmm. who go to church and was raised, you know, raised in the church or know your Bible, you know, um, it's it's this it's it's always a war going on between spirit self and our flesh. I right, mean, right. the spirit and the flesh. And the spirit is the the flesh is the thing that we the physical self, the physical side of ourself, that ego. 
Mm-hmm. Um, is the thing that we truly must learn how to get under control because right. ego and the acronym for ego, E-G-O, I always say is easing God out. So when you, when ego is in play, you're easing God out. You're easing, and when I say God, I'm talking about that spirit side of yourself, that inner being that that's mm-hmm. in all of us, everybody mm-hmm. who has ever been created and walked this earth. You have an inner spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you ignore it and you are feeding ego, then you are letting and allowing your flesh, that flesh part of you, that physical part of you, take over. And a lot of times that's where, you know, you won't have peace that way. You will right, not right. get any peace. And then when you talked about um you know, reading, and and you really must study to show thyself. I mean, you really, really, really need to get get some books. And, again, my website, go to my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, click on the book recommendation list, choose any one of those books. Any one of those books, um, you know, will help you in your journey. But that two side, both of those people live inside of us yes. at all yes. times. Now, yes. the one that you feed the most, that's a good point. Is the, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. the one that you feed the most is the one that's going to continue to grow and to grow and to grow. And sometimes when you sit and you look up and it's like, well, wow, you know, is that really me? Am I doing all of this? Why are these things happening in my life? Why am I attracting the same kind of man to me? Why am mm-hmm. I attracting the same kind of woman to me? Why won't this man love me? Why won't mm-hmm. this woman love me? Why won't this man, <laughs> why won't my children act right? So there's mm-hmm. so many reasons why things continue to go wrong is because you're not looking at the true self. You're not looking deep enough. Right. And, Lisa, I wanted to share your points are very well taken. And and to piggyback off of one of, like I said, one of my favorite authors is Deepak Chopra. But there is a post on OWN where he talks about five um, things about the true self. And it was posted on 425, 2012 at 8 a.m. on Oprah's OWN network. But the five points that I really think are critical is that he says the true self is certain and clear about things. Um, Mm. And that means that he says the opposite of true self is someone who gets influenced a lot by outside influences. And this happens when you have people around you. As soon as their mood changes, your mood changes. And so that causes you to be unhappy or leads you to confusion and that kind of stuff, and that kind of thing. But the key is is that when you're sure about yourself and who you are and where you're going and what you're accomplishing and what you're doing, that mm-hmm. person on the outside can turn flips and do whatever, and you yeah. maintain that you know you just stand sure and stand you don't have any interruptions in terms of how you proceed, and they cannot change your behavior. You ever hear people say, well, I was feeling good, but then he changed my behavior. No. When you are sure of yourself and you're clear about who you are, that kind of thing will happen less and less. Yeah. And the second point is is that he says the true self is stable, but the everyday self shifts constantly. And you'll meet people, and when you talk to them, they're like, and they're going on Mm -hmm. and on and on, and they just don't seem to have any balance or any stability, it's that Mm -hmm. clutter or chatter within 
that keeps yeah. them just kind of going in this direction and that direction. But you yeah. can, you feel when you're talking to them, gee, this person just doesn't seem to be okay. They don't seem yeah. to be stable. You yeah. know, they're going flipping yeah. from this thing to the next thing and, and on and on. So I thought yeah. that those two points were good. And then I'm just going to mention this last, this third point that he makes, which is the true self is driven by a deep sense of truth. And it's funny, when you really start to know your true self, you will start to want to, you will start to look for truth, real yeah. truth. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right. I mean truth from, you know, looking up into the sky at what happens at night. I, I was talking um, to your uh your dad when we were in Atlanta, and I was so fascinated by his conversation about the stars. And he said, just when you look out and see the stars, it helps him to know that there is a God. But you start to be really, really driven by what is true, and you're starting to really seek it out in its very basic essence. So I think that that, and, and then you, like you said, the everyday self is driven by the ego and the undemanding of I, me, and mine. And I listen mm-hmm. to people's conversation, and I can tell you that when I hear a lot of me, mine, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. like, and that tells mm-hmm. me a lot about where their life or whether or mm-hmm. not they even know their true self. Right. Right, yeah. and you know, and, and I'm, before before mm-hmm. I go on, I'm mm-hmm. going to take this mm-hmm. caller in a second. Oh, okay, cool. Um, um, and the caller uh, area code four one zero. I'm um, just hold on. I'm I'm coming to okay. you. But okay. I just wanted to to say that you know when you you made a valid point with the I I I me 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 my 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 me me me. It's all about me me me. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and 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 you got to stop that if you want. A better life. If you want peace in your life, you have to get your focus off. That's ego right there. That's yeah. not a spirit. That is mm-hmm. ego being ego driven. And people mm-hmm. who are ego driven are control. They have to be in control of every situation at every single time. And where are you with that? How's that working out for you? <laughs> you know, that's what I say. You know, how is that working out for you right yeah, now? Yeah. And then you know, they'll say, "Well, you know, I'm doing this," and I and I was like, "Okay." And again, how is that working out for you? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they really have to stop and think about that. So right. before we continue, I'm going to take this caller. Um, okay. This caller that's calling in from the four one zero area code. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Can you say the last four numbers? Yes, three seven seven two, Miss Karen. Hi, <laughs> this is Karen, and I'm calling out from California. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very happy. I actually am free on a Monday and could listen in. And you ladies are motivating me, and I appreciate that. How are you? Is that Lisa? I heard in the background. Yes, that Lisa and Teresa. Yes, hi. And Teresa, <laughs> I met Teresa before on the phone as yeah. well. And, yeah. And I believe I've heard of Lisa as well as you guys are doing great. Thank and you, I thank do. you, thank you so much. Did you have a co- did you have a comment or a question or anything that you wanted to contribute? Yes, I did. It's one thing is you know as women especially and as mm-hmm. teachers, we find out that we're always motivating others to be greater, and that yeah. we're yeah. always motivating them to to reach their full potential. Yeah. And I see that happening to people that I work with all the time and at the same time we do that we deny ourselves the right to be great 
Yeah, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah, because that don't you find that when you are sewing into other people, sometimes, and Teresa knows this, you know, when you're always constantly sewing into other people, you have to remember that you still have to pull back sometimes and you have to take the time to sew into yourself. Before you can continue to sew into others, you first got to sew into yourself. And that means that you've got to get still and you've got to get quiet and you've got to get, you know, go deep within and rejuvenate your own spirit because people will suck the life out of you if you let them. (laughs) You know, they they have access to you 24-7 and they will suck the very life out of you but and 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 it's sometimes it's okay to share yourself but you've got to pull back just so that you can have that you know you got to get back to your peace mm-hmm. yes and that's what i just wanted to thank you guys again and, and i'm giving myself the right to reach my full potential and just watch what happens i'm just really happy and blessed well, oh, wonderful, Karen. Thank you so much for calling in, and um, we will be in touch because, I, you know, we haven't talked in a while, but I do want to hear, you know, how things have progressed, and you sound happy. Good. I'm going to just put you back on mute and keep listening. My husband okay, is enjoying the show as well. In. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, and that's important, you know, because we do. We pour in and we pour in and we pour in, and we've got to learn how to, you know, again. we And, you know, that's another thing when you, we talk about the two faces, Teresa, and you said yourself, um, you said something very profound as far as um, we're always looking outside yeah. of ourselves for answers. We're looking outside for happiness. We're looking yeah. outside for someone to love us. And and you know that's just backwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then what and, I've discovered, what I've discovered from myself in my journey is that you know even when we talk about you know there being a heaven or there being something greater than uh, you know where we are, um, and then you you know in your churches we're taught about you know to to look up and you know always look out, but. You heaven, the real heaven is within you. Yes. Yeah. You know we're yes. walking around with it twenty four seven. Yes. And what a discovery! When I really truly discovered that, when I really truly <laughs> discovered that the the heaven, the joy, the peace, you know, all of that. When I discovered that it is within me, it's not out there. Yeah. It's in here. Yeah. It's with me. Yeah. I, I carry it everywhere I go. I was like. Oh my God! This is what I've been searching for all this time, and it's been and right there. It's been there. right here. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yes, yeah. And I think that that is the true discovery. And you know, we talk about the messages of Christ, and I really believe that was His one true message: is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning, you're it's right here. It's within. There's no need for you to search outside of yourself. It's within exactly. you. And once we understand that, it's also very powerful and liberating. I mean, we gain even more power as a result of living that kind of a life. Um, Yeah, and and, go ahead. Yeah, and that's... 
Well, you said, okay, in your book, uh, there's one part uh, that I really want to get to. In your book, you talked about, um, how it's, it's entitled, How Do You Maintain a Consistently Positive Attitude Over the Long Haul? And that's a very good question because a lot of people want to know, well, you know, and then a lot of people are also asking, well, how do I know the difference? How do I know the difference if it's ego? And how do I know the difference if it's spirit? How do I know? How will I know the difference between the two? And I tell, one of the things I tell them is that um, spirit in, is the complete opposite of ego. Yeah. Spirit is very loving. It's never going to harm you. Um, it's very wise. It's, and, you know, it's loving. It's good. You know, all things good come from the spirit. If it's ego, then if there's anything that you're, you know, if you're being manipulative, if you're being in control or controlling, if you are... Um, just anything that's opposite of spirit is ego. Anything. Right. Right. So and, in your book, uh, uh-huh. when you talk about how to maintain it um, on a consistent, you know, over the long haul, um, tell us some of those steps and why they are critical to our success of being um, healthy, mentally uh-huh. healthy. Well, one of them for me is I always say have a positive ongoing relationship with God or your maker because it helps to take the pressure off of you uh, Mm -hmm. in the sense that you know that whatever is happening today, tomorrow, and and the next day, you don't even have to fret over because God has it all already under control. So that's the first point. And what I do is, like you said, is that you have to rest back and take time meditate, read, and like I said, I'm a big believer, and I believe that God created us to be intellectual, thinking, curious beings, and so I not only read the Bible, but I believe that he directs my path to other books, too, from the sciences, um, Mm -hmm. astronomy, um, Mm -hmm. anything out there that is going to help me lead a better life, he's going to give me the tools for, and usually they come in the form of books is what I believe, other messages that he gives people. The second thing I believe is in their six points is to surround yourself with positive people, both in your everyday life and your professional life. It's so important that we hold on to people that, that really care about our own agenda, whatever our goals are, and that really like us and that really care about us. And this is the one thing I want to point out. Every day we go through life, and we meet people. We meet people that are so like ourselves, like in the case of Elisa uh, and I and a number of the people in the Making It Happen group, that it makes it easy to be around them. But we meet people also that are not like us, that mm-hmm. we just don't even feel comfortable in that same room. Now, mm-hmm. you don't have to stay around these people if they're not positive types, but I still right. believe that you have to love them and you have to be non-judgment. non-judgmental toward them, and you wish them well, but you don't necessarily have to be with them if they're very negative and very controlling and very, you know, that kind of situation you should remove yourself from. Uh, The other thing is related to this is just to be positive and nice. Now, I have, and I always tell people, the God smiled on me with being, I'm naturally nice. I naturally like people. It's a natural Mm -hmm. thing for me. I know it's a, a, a stretch for a lot of other people, but I can tell you that when I have, what I do when I meet people, no matter what, I wish them well in my spirit, that mm-hmm. spirit of 
yeah. want you to be all that you can be. I want you yeah. to re- when I meet people, my so- I'm silently praying for them. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. silently listening for what it is that they tell me that they want to do. So mm-hmm. I think that that spirit, that when you have that naturally, you you tend to draw really good people toward you when you really right. have it in a sincere way. Not that you're getting any, just sincerely caring about your brother man, regardless right. of them. And it can change the nature of relationships because the one thing I realize about people is we're very smart. God mm-hmm. gave most of us a real good set of, you know, we just intuitively know when someone is sincere or when they're not. It's something yeah. in us that you yeah. can step in a room and talk to someone for five minutes and know exactly how they're feeling or thinking about you. So I exactly. think that that's an important trait um, to work on. Is then the, the fourth thing is just to dismiss any negative thoughts. Now, this is a challenge <laughs> because yes, every day we're thinking negative stuff about ourselves every day. I can tell you this is this point number four. I am a positive person outwardly and to others, but I am very hard on myself. I am very, mm-hmm. like I, my expectations of myself are so high that sometimes I have to say let it go, Teresa. I have to do the mm-hmm. self-talk. Like, we are know, our own worst enemies. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and I really struggle with this, and mm-hmm. I, but I work on it daily. Daily mm-hmm. I challenge myself to do better today than I did the next day. And related to that is the fifth principle, which is, a, is to affirm yourself every day. And mm-hmm. one of the books I like reading, too, is The Power of the Subconscious Mind by mm-hmm. Joseph Murphy. And he talks mm. about using the mirror in the morning. When you get yeah. up, Yes, Say I am beautiful. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am financially secure. I've got more money than I know what to do with. Speak and affirm positive things yeah. about yourself in the mirror every day. And yeah. I find that just saying the things, all of a sudden I'll look at myself and like, wow, you look better today. And then I'll think back, wow, well, you affirmed yourself today or yesterday. Right. And so yeah, as a result of affirming power. yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so, um, um, and then all of us are going to ex- experience, and I talk a little bit about this in the book about dealing with pressure, dealing with things that just don't go our way. That's a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. we talked about Leroy at the top of the hour. He's experiencing the death of his father. We right. all are going to have to deal with temporary things that are going to hinder or hurt us but we need to know that it's temporary, that this too shall pass. And so when we're able to say that to ourselves on a daily basis, it helps us get through whatever it is we have to go through by just saying this is temporary and this too shall pass. And it does And related to that, I have one point, Lisa. I was working in a corporate job, and I remember my last job, I think God made it the worst job I had so that I would not come back when you're doing, when you're, you know, you're in on the in the intra- entrepreneurial phase of your life, that you need to make sure that you don't come back. Mm-hmm. And so everything was going wrong on this job. And I looked at God, and I was like, you know what? I don't know how much more I can say. No one likes me on this job, and I'm a very lovable, likable person. But no mm-hmm. one likes me. This is going on, and this is going on. And I remember I heard the voice of God say to me this particular day, and He said, "Stop! I want you to stop it." And I stopped. And he said, "Do you? I want you to think back to the time when you went through a really negative situation that you thought you weren't going to be able to make it through. And I stopped, 
And I was thinking and thinking and thinking. And that's when he told me. He said, you can't remember, can you? I said, no. He said, then that's what I'm talking about. This too shall pass. And so that's the one, you know, point. If I could leave you with one thing that will really help to, you know, motivate you to deal with some of the, the, the stuff that just seems to keep coming and coming and coming, those are the six points that that I think everyone should really hold on to. Yeah, and those are excellent. Those are all excellent. Um, and the last one especially because, you know, we so often get caught up in the the now. I mean, we get we get caught up in the situation as it's unfolding, but then we we start to lose it. We start to kind of to we the the reason why we get so out of sorts is because we feel like we're losing control. Yeah. You know, we feel like we're losing control of the situation. And this is if I can leave you with anything, you know, we you have to stop being so controlling over life. Because if you the reason why we develop anxiety in the first place is because we are trying to control the outcome of situations. And I'm here to tell you now, we can't do that. And so then when something doesn't go exactly the way that you expect it to, or if something, uh, someone uh, doesn't uh, respond to you the way you expect for them to respond, then, you know, things, your, your world just starts turning upside down and everything starts spinning out of control. only reason I'm saying this is because I'm a witness. I've been there, done that. You know, when things, you know, sometimes, and this is in, you know, it's a learning. Your journey is a learning experience. But this is why it's so important to get to know that one self, of the one side of your, two, of your two faces, and that is your spiritual side, because now I don't worry about anything. I have no anxiety. And if it tries to create, that doesn't mean that it doesn't try to rear its ugly head. It does. But I now know how to control it better. And that is because deep down inside, I know that there is something that is in me that is greater than me. That if you stop and you focus on that thing, it will prevail. And that is in with anything in your life, it will prevail. And I, you know, I can't stress enough how if you have smaller children or if you have a small niece, if you have small grandchildren, whatever, uh, reach out to a young person now. Teach them the things that you are learning about your true self, the things, the lessons that you, that God is giving you, the wisdom that he's giving you. Take that wisdom and reach down to a smaller person, you know, a younger person, and and teach them. I wish I had had yeah. that when I was younger. Yes, yeah. yeah. But you know what? That was then. This is now. And it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late to learn. So I just encourage everybody that's listening in, um, take the time, do some research on meditating, yeah, you know, yeah. get to, and we we talk about meditation on in every show because it's so, oh, it's just so freeing and so liberating. 
And it just really takes all the other unnecessary stuff that, that tries to keep coming at you, and it just all of a sudden, poof, it just disappears. Now, it doesn't mean that, again, things won't, because life is, life is going to be life. You know, things are always going to happen, but it's how you choose to handle it, how you're going to carry it when it does. So um, at this point, I want to introduce a very, we're going to take a pause. I want to introduce um, a very gifted poet who happens to be a uh, a member of my Motivational Moments group on Facebook, Mr. John Chadwick, who is calling in from Venice, California. Hey, John, how are you? Hi, Liz. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Can you just call me Liz? Liz. Liz. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Right. So how's the weather out there in California? Hot and sunny. The beaches, the people are flocking to the beaches, so it seems like summer's here. So. Wow. Okay, so, so Teresa, when we go to Cali, we'll have a place to go. We'll, yeah, we'll that would be great. And go to the beach uh, with yeah. John. Um, so I just wanted to say this real quick before I, uh, John, I let you um, tell us a little bit about yourself. It is just, so. This is on several of our other shows. We always talk about the law of attraction and how we attract things to us that we want, and um, or that we're thinking about. And I was working on putting the show together um, last evening and working on some of the stuff. And I was sitting there, and you know, I was just prompted all of a sudden in the middle of me doing this to check my email. So I went to my email and opened it up. And, you know, John sends me poems um, every now and then. When he gets them, when they, come, when they come from the top of his head, he puts them on paper in the air or sends them to me through an email. So I opened up this one particular one, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. And on time, it really resonates with, with, you know, with what we're talking about on the show. So, John, tell us first before we get into the poem a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, mo- most of the work that I've done, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist. Most of the work that I've done is for uh, visual effects and computer graphics. So I used to have mm-hmm. a company in Palo Alto developing character animation software. The, the Dancing Baby from Alan McBeal was something that we created then. And then I had a production company in Germany doing visual effects for film and so forth. So most of my artwork has been... uh, digital effects for film and and television and broadcast. But I started writing poetry when I was in high school, and it's really always been when when an idea comes, I write it down. And, you know, I've had a few bands, so I've turned a lot of the poetry into songs. I've even had had artists that when I've spoke at conferences about my software saying, well, you know, you're you're really a poet. So I do consider (laughs) myself to be first and foremost a poet. You know, it's just that in today's society, computers still listen and people don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How about that? So here, I want my listening audience to hear what you just said. This is something that's always been with you since a child, right? Since yeah. you were a kid. You've always liked to write. And here you are, you know, um, 10 years later, um, and you still are writing poetry. Okay, that 10 years later was a little jokey joke. Maybe that kind of went over everybody's head. But you're still <laughs> writing poetry to this day, and it's something that you're passionate about and that you love. Absolutely. So I want to, okay, what is the name? What is the title of your poem? John? The title of the poem is Mistaken Identity. 
mistaken identity. Okay, so you have the air. It's, it's all you right now. It was but a case of mistaken identity. So often mistakes are clouded signs where our patience is tested. We must all learn to adapt. We hurried. We overlooked. We got caught up in the race. To identify with the greater good was a challenge of not mistaking others' gifts for granted. Time is a great healer, resting on a little more than letting go of the past. The challenge of life to see signs, not mistakes, to learn lessons, not place blame. Life itself is a true blessing, and all obstacles are but signs. To settle, to lose faith, to sift like sand through the hourglass of God's cradle, rocking like the tides and the waves of the shores. Identify with all that is. It is but God's gift and your challenge to not mistake self. For sudden shift and conscious waking, breathe deep, my child. Engage in the evolving puzzle of life's riddle. Relax. Your work is never done. Mm. That is awesome. That is. uh, How did you? What inspired you to write that? Well, it's funny. You were asking me what inspired me to write it, and then listening to your show, I think basically your show is what inspired me to write it, as crazy as that sounds. No, because I was taking some notes about it and so forth, but then listening in on the show, I'm like, yeah, well. So it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, basically your show explained better what inspired me to write A lot of it's dealing with the ego and getting over this idea of self, because so yeah. many people are just beating up on themselves and everyone else rather than, like, saying, hey, Maybe I mean maybe I'm not in the right place for the wrong time. Very Jungian the view of self is that we are one, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. to me, it's like getting over this idea. This is something I explored very early in my teens, but it came back to me after I had a near-death experience. Is rather than talking about a higher power, thinking about this higher organism. I mean, the universe is alive. It's conscious. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, you know, um, listening to all of the things that you have accomplished in your life, um, where do you see yourself now as opposed to, you know, being in the rat race of developing? Because I know what it's like to work in the film industry and the television industry and how uh, demanding it is. So now where are you with that and what kind of lessons have has you know where has your journey brought you to this Well, day? I'm actually crawling back into the rat race and it's 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 kind of sticky and tough because I've been out of the loop for I mean for the better part of the last 10 years I've been been writing you know, poetry, stories, and ideas for films. But but now, you know, for financial reasons, if nothing else, I'm getting back into the rat race. And it's tough to get back in just because so much has changed. And, yeah. uh, you know, when I left, I never really wanted to get back in. So, you know, but it's, you know, it's a bittersweet thing. I, I think everything is. Yeah. And I think, and what I see too, John, is that somewhere along the line, somehow, your poetry is going to play a big role in all of this. And, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly when or where, but if you stick with it, you know, you may not have to stay, get in the rat race or stay in the rat race for long, you know, because you're very gifted, you're very talented with this. Well, and I just you. want to thank you so yeah. much 
for yeah. taking the time. And we called you away from the beach. I apologize for that. <laughs> beach, wonderful, beach wonderful poetry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I really want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. Um, and keep listening in and, you know, Absolutely. keep sending those I love, calls I love your show, and it's uh, thank you. All right, John, you take care. Bye, Lise. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't that awesome? Oh, he's excellent. He's excellent. Very, yeah. very well written. Yeah, and I, and like I said, I mean, I truly believe in his work and his talent. Um, and, you know, again, in one of our other shows, we talked about purpose. Um, if you continue to walk in that purpose, and remember what he said. He said that when I was a child, when he was a kid, he loved to write poetry. Yeah. There it yeah. is, right there. Yeah. When I was a yeah. kid, because yeah. see, when we're children, and this is another key a key point, when we are kids, we are shown then what it is we really want to do with our lives when we're little. Yeah. You know, some kids say, "Well, I want to be a doctor, or I want to be a nurse, I want to be a fire engine, and a firefighter, I want to be a policeman, I want to be this, I want to do that, I want to do this," and they have a true passion for something. And you know, then we grow up and life gets in the way, and then we don't think anymore that we can truly do that. I can't really be a doctor. You know, I can't really be a firefighter. I can't really be a poet. You know, right. and then we just allow life to just kind of throw us out there all willy-nilly. But right. if you are true to the nature of what is inside of you, if you if you follow that passion, oh, my gosh, all yeah. kinds of doors start to swing open. Right, and I think that you're right that when you get, when you're not following your purpose and your passion, you're getting further away from your true self. Yeah. And, when you're further away from your true self, you start to take a vocation or an occupation that is you're just you're just doing just to get a paycheck. And when yeah. you're doing it, that's when all that unhappiness starts to seep in and the stress yeah. of life and anxiety. And we have to remember, I always like to liken things to where we are economically in our culture. You know, we're now, um, uh, there was one psychologist that talked about how we're like a specialized Agents. Every no one has the, the piece of the puzzle all in their hand. Um, right. You've got a bit of it, a bit here, a bit there, a bit there. Yeah. But that bit, if a manager or a supervisor isn't really good at weaving the real meaning of what you're doing, it just becomes uninteresting, and you know, it, it just seems like, huh, you know what I mean. But yeah. it's so important, and I think that that's why uh, uh, entrepreneurs are so much happier because. It's seeing they see themselves whole because they're responsible yeah. for so many phases of the the process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, before we go, because um, we're going to close out, I just want to you know make sure that we make this point and bring it home and make it very very clear um, to the to the listening what audience is that uh, when we talk sometimes we you know you and I we talk about um, uh, negative behavior. And what are the driving forces behind some of the the negative behavior that, you know, we are witnessing um, from people? And what I'm seeing a lot uh, is the underlying cause of it is fear. Um, We we are afraid of something. And that something is, it seems like, you know, a lot of people are afraid that they're not going to be loved by someone or 
you know, they're afraid that there's never enough. They they don't understand that there's an, uh, an abundance in this universe that is just waiting right there for them to receive it. Um, and, you know, they're finding themselves, you know, worrying and in and, and everybody else's business and in everybody else's life when they need to be monitoring and paying attention to their inner being and get themselves together yeah. and stop being in everybody else's stuff. Yeah. You know, because, you know, and that's why when you when you find yourself constantly in turmoil and things are always going and hitting you right up, smacking you right upside the head, over and over and over again, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. So if you are out there and you are doing the same thing the same way and you're expecting different results, but nothing is different, nothing has changed, you still are speaking negativity on other people and yourself, then you're going to get what you got. You're going to be where you are. So my advice to you is the two sides of us, those two faces that we all have, you need to stop feeding the one, the ego, easing God out. Stop feeding ego and start feeding your spirit. And I guarantee you, when you start feeding your spirit side, your spiritual self, you are going to see a huge shift in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that so is so I wanna, true. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to leave it there for this evening. Um, Teresa, once again, I just want to thank you. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. <laughs> so much for thank sharing. You for um, and, you know, next week we have a really, really, real, real, real great treat for everyone. Um, I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and tell you now while I have you on the air. Um, we, I'm going to be bringing on a very special friend of mine and a very wonderful, wonderful lady, uh, Miss Cheryl White. Miss Cheryl White happens to be the first African-American horse jockey um, in the world, <laughs> and she's going to come on next week and share her journey with us. Uh, I'm so excited to have her to to come on and and just she's a wonderful person. You're really really going to love her. So, um, all right, well we are going to stop here and because we could go on and on and on and talking about this. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us this evening. Um, I want to also, as always, shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me and to my Facebook fam for once again tuning in and uh, listening. And the next time you log into Facebook, for those of you that have Facebook, please like our Facebook page at A Date with Destiny. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash A Date with Destiny 101. Thank you one more time, Teresa. I just can't thank you enough, girl, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. It's my pleasure, Lisa. It's my pleasure. <laughs> for knowledge is power. And when yes, we know better, what? We do better. 
Okay, and for my listening audience, please click on the follow button on the left-hand side of the title so that you can receive updates on upcoming broadcasts. Also, stop by um, stop by the website, yourdestinyawaits.net, and leave me a message on what you thought about our show this evening. Next week, Monday, uh, what's the date of next week's show? Monday, June the 11th, we will be back. And again, like I said, we will have Miss Cheryl White, who's the first African-American horse jockey, woman horse jockey, um, sharing with us. So I'm pretty excited about that. So, folks, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to know your true self. Take the time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first because, after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, this is Lisa Saunders, and I thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you next week. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. Bye-bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.